This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Lost Spot. I'm your host, Sebastian, right out of Oklahoma City. I got my co-host with me, Ava Gore, all the way from Austin. Hey, Ava. It's been a, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yes. And we got Jaden crying all the way from Australia, and it is 8 p.m. here, but it is, what, 1 p.m. over there? Yeah, 1 p.m. spot on. <laughs> One and he is with Duck it's Pond. summertime. What? What? Uh, <laughs> is it always summertime? summertime? It's, yeah, but we've been getting a lot of wet weather lately. It's a weird summer for us. I, uh, All right. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on one second. Here we go. All right. So wait, so it's weird weather in Australia. What does that mean? So Australia, I mean, it can be like four seasons in a day here. Um, you know, we get, obviously, Australia is pretty known for its sort of hotter months and, and beach weather and whatnot, but it's been like monsoon weather lately. We had the hottest day ever, I think, two days ago, and then in the afternoon we got the blackest clouds roll over. And, you know, I work at a card yard. We had to actually move cars around just because we thought it was going to hail on us. And it's just weird that literally between an hour it was a different day. So <laughs> this, Does it snow over there? It doesn't snow, does it? In the summer. Uh, there's a couple of places it does, not not where I'm from. Like, you got to drive like sort of, I don't know, 10 to 12 hours to get snow. So. <laughs> Is, isn't it crazy how people perceive things like differently? Like, you know, people think of California, they think it's always like warm, but really Northern California, it's typically cold and San Francisco is like yeah. always cold pretty much year round. Mm-hmm. But anyways, Duck Pond Productions. Okay. So tell us about Duck Pond Productions, man. Yeah, so uh, Duck Pond's my own little uh, creation, I guess. I'm responsible for it. <laughs> I um, I started at film school a few years ago. I graduated in 2015, and um, I don't know. Anyone that's been to film school probably knows it's a bit hard to find work after film school. So, um, you know, I uh, I kind of look to some of the uh, the directors of movies that I like who didn't go to film school. They just kind of done it uh, mm. on their own whim and and um you know i made their own stuff and that's what i wanted to do i didn't really want to you know um get a job making coffee for somebody i want to just go out and write and direct and edit so um that's what i ended up doing that sort of uh you know we put it under a moniker which was duck Pond productions it just sounded catchier than Jaden Crichton, i suppose and um, <laughs> we just got into it from there <laughs> okay go ahead ava what made you want to go to film school in the first place 
Uh, it was a good way for me to sort of structure my learning, I guess. I mean, these days you can find anything you want on YouTube and, and, and I do, like I, I learned most of my stuff on the fly, to be honest. I've, I've certainly learned more being out of film school than what I ever did in film school. Um, but to me, it sort of gave me a way to sort of, you know, roll out of bed and, and structure my learning and actually learn the foundations, I guess, which is super important before you, you know, take that leap. <laughs> so, um, well, isn't there like a, a certain film that you had seen that just like really inspired you um there's been quite a few i mean uh, i'm certainly lean towards sort of horror films which is kind of what i grew up on and uh, i don't know popcorn flicks i guess um i like those movies that when i was in high school me and my friends used to you know get drunk sit around and watch horror movies so like uh, i thought it'd be cool to be that guy that kind of ushers in the new the new generation of sleepover you know, so <laughs> you know, I would think I would think that after film school, the, the 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 market has to be saturated with people that have gone to film school and trying to find jobs. So I, I bet most people probably start their own companies, right? Like once once they graduate, they kind of do their own thing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I know quite a few people. Sort of, um, you know, I do most of my work sort of in Brisbane, even though I live three hours sort of south of there. Um, but I know pretty much most people that that are in that industry have their own sort of production company, I suppose. Um, yeah. But they certainly lean towards different areas. You know, I know some guys that only make comedy films and I, I'm probably the horror guy, I suppose. <laughs> so it's interesting, you know, where, where people uh, sort of point their interest towards. And are all your movies... Because the name Duck Pond Productions, you wouldn't associate that with horror films necessarily, right? You think, oh, Duck Pond Productions, my kid could watch something like like that, you know? <laughs> you look at your films, and it's like, oh, well, they're, are they all horror films? Um, no, we, we did a, a web series, um, which was probably before the horror, actually. There's the Riot Guy, which was almost a cross between like The Departed and um, and Batman. So it was like a vigilante uh, crime drama, I think. Um, so we do sort of branch out. We try new things. And I think the big draw card for me about horror is um, you can sort of roll a bunch of different genres in it. You know, there's certainly comedic elements in some of the characters or the lines they deliver. There's there's definitely action scenes, you know. You have your, kind of your, your third act fight scene and things like that. So, you, you know, you get to play around. You get to experiment more than what you would in, in say, like a rom-com. And, um, you know, I think that's what sort of draws me to it. But Dark Point actually started. I, um, I was doing a little bit of freelance work and um, I wanted something that sounded kind of fluffy enough to do weddings. So... Um, <laughs> Also, maybe uh, not so far people couldn't do films. So <laughs> kind of found a happy medium. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you write, you write the the story. Like, do you write, you write the lines and everyone's parts for the movies and things like that? Yeah. So I write the scripts. Um, I also produce it and sort of uh, cast it and get everybody together. Um, and then I direct it and then I edit it and I color grade it. I, I do a lot of sort of behind the scenes work, I suppose. How, how hard is it? Cause like I couldn't write a movie, dude. Like I like if I wrote something, it'd be like a minute long and like. Because <laughs> you have the attention <laughs> span of a goldfish. Like, what? 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 It was, so you have the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> yeah, well, that, she's not. She's not lying. But I, I don't think. I literally don't think that I, I could sit there and write like a whole like. What's your writing process? Do you come up with like just an idea at first, yeah, right? And then do you like do like a beginning, middle, end, and then kind of fill it all in? Um, it's sort of, in your head. Yeah, well, I, I I definitely like I 
mentally process it for a long time before I sort of put, um, you know, pen and paper um, or a computer, but you know what I mean? Um, I guess, I don't know, a lot of writers I know, like a good piece of advice is just to get it out, like just to get those 90 pages or, or whatever out is, is the hardest part a lot of people say. So they'll just regurgitate it onto it just so that their idea is there and then they'll go through and sort of make tweaks and i don't really work like that i have like i'm i don't know if i'm just a bit ocd but i'll go through and um like i think trespasses which is my feature film that we'll be doing in september i think it still has first draft written on the title page but it's gone through multiple iterations just while i was writing it it just first draft is the first one that actually had all of the pages together so um but that's probably what we'll end up shooting with so i guess my process is a little bit different what's the 90 pages is that like something in the industry like you know what 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 you 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 said 90 pages is that like the hardest part to come up with is the first 90 pages or is like the whole thing's 90 pages or, or what? So, so a typical script I think is about a minute per screen time. Um, so if you've got 90 pages of script, you've got like an hour and a half worth of movie. So yeah. So 90 pages is a, a feature film, I suppose. Um, you know, anything shorter than that would probably be just a, a short film, but Dang, yeah. dude. And how, how do you come up with your ideas for, I know you liked horror movies and things like that, but, you know, th- we're about we're gonna play the trailer um, for the cleanup crew, which the trailer is freaking awesome, man. You know, I got some questions about the trailer. I love the part. You know, let, you know, we should just play it right now, actually, because I got some questions about <laughs> about this. So hold on yeah, one second. Sure. <laughs> hey, when, when now? When does this? Um, is this a full length movie or a short movie? So this one's a short film. Um, so we basically done three short films back to back that were all kind of in that horror thriller uh, market, but we, we kind of wanted to change our style along the way. So we originally done Trespassers, um, and then we dropped a follow-up called Kinks, um, and mm-hmm. both of those went really well on sort of YouTube and got us a bit of traction. Uh, our next one is The Cleanup Crew, which is going to be a 16-minute film. So we're now kind of stepping up in length as we go, and then um, following that, we're going to do our first feature film, which is where we go back to trespassers and basically expand that narrative. So, um, yeah. So there's a bit of a long game. Um, it's, uh, not released yet. We're still in COVID kind of slowed us down because a lot of my team is sort of based, you know, sort of three hours North and we couldn't get in and get the actors to sort of do ADR or which is like redubbing their dialogue. If it turns out, you know, bad, which it does quite often on sort of independent films. Um, so just getting everybody back together was a real struggle just when everything was on yeah, lockdown. So, um, that pushed yeah. it back. Away. Sort of around next month, we, we're sort of going to have something pretty ready to show people. So That's awesome. Let's let's play the cleanup crew, and then I got many questions to ask. At least, at least a couple. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Hit me. So, first date. You nervous? Should I be? Triple homicide. Mom. Dad. Teenage daughter. Well, now I'm in the mood for Mexican food. What started as an ordinary job. Kinsey! Tell! Soon became anything but ordinary. This biohazard remediation team has a problem. How do they clean up a crime scene that the killer never left? From the visionary director behind Trespassers and Kinks comes a whole new experience in terror. They can't run. 
they can't hide. <laughs> the only way out is to die. The Cleanup Crew. Rated R. Okay. Okay, dude. All right. So, look, man. That is, I showed that to my wife, and she was like, that looks pretty legit. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's legit. Like, it, lo- it looks good. You know the line where the guy says, uh, well, now I'm in the mood for Mexican food? Like, did you write that part yourself, or did, was, did that, was that ad-libbed by the actor? No, no, we, we wrote that. Um, <laughs> it, you know, the, the actor that I worked with on that, he he done Trespassers with me, and um, Trespass is such a different tone because it's quite um it doesn't really have a camp element like the cleanup crew does it's very kind of serious it's very kind of um seven days exploitation style i think was its big influence uh, and it's very in that kind of we spoke about the hot weather before it's very rooted in that australian uh you know that searing sort of landscape so he's all hot and bothered and flustered and um i really wanted to work with him again but in a, a different sort of dynamic so i was like you know you're gonna play like the the ryan reynolds sort of character or the chris pratt sort of character like the real kind of comic relief uh-huh. um yeah, and um, we wrote some dialogue, and he played around with it, and he just he killed it. He like there's so many when I was editing, just looking at it and just laughing at just the, <laughs> the stupid shit he was getting up to. So you, you gotta <laughs> have you gotta. It's almost like you have to have some kind of comedic aspect in a horror film. Yeah, it kind of kind of goes with it. it. Makes it lighten the mood a little bit, and it, it's funny, you know. Yeah, <laughs> really picky when it comes to horror films, and uh, sometimes if there's too much humor, it becomes cheesy. And yeah. uh, I just wanted to ask you uh, if you ever worry about being too cheesy or if you just love having fun with it. It's not that the trailer was cheesy. I love the trailer. Love the trailer. But just in general. <laughs> no, no. I, uh, I, I think it really depends on what story you're trying to tell and what makes sense. Like, I, I think if you establish your universe early on in the film, then anything goes like you can make a, a like I said, trespassers is quite serious. And, and we, we didn't really put too many comedic elements in it because the story really didn't call for it. When we got into kinks though, kinks is more like an art for uh, art film. It's got like a lot of neon lights and this bright, vibrant cinematography and the actors kind of have a little bit more room to kind of hem it up and, and play with it a little bit more. Cause they're, they're so over the top you know what i mean it's not really rooted in in reality it's more, more like a graphic novel i guess and then um the cleanup crew was very kind of like 80s slasher inspired so it needed that kind of camp factor and to me that kind of made sense just to put that in there and you know we we dropped that trailer on friday the 13th and it just made sense to do a friday the 13th style trailer for it. um so yeah i i think look if, as long as you're establishing early on what sort of movie you're trying to tell i think it's fine if you're telling people that you want to make a comedic horror just go for it um and, and do what sort of makes sense but um but you know it, it just pisses me off when you start with an ultra serious movie and then suddenly they bring in yes. comedic effect <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know set your rules early on and anything will fly for me <laughs> so. See, I, feel, I feel like you're actually allowed to critique a movie since you do movies like you're a lot like yeah. my input doesn't fucking matter you know what i'm saying because i don't i don't, I don't make them but you know someone who creates them you probably do you ever like watch a movie and think I would have done that differently or hey they did a really good job there with that like do you when you watch a movie do you think about those things? Yeah, definitely. I um 
it's probably burnt a few of my relationships to be honest because like um, <laughs> they say you, you know your girlfriends are gonna hate you and whatnot so thankfully my girlfriend's like a massive movie buff herself so she can she's on board but um yeah now i'm very kind of nitpicky and you know there's things about films that i love and things that about them that i hate or that i would do differently and yeah it's certainly a uh, a big conversation point in my household <laughs> it's, uh, it's, how, how did you get the the guy that did the voice the voiceover that um that trailer is that hide. someone who does <laughs> yes yeah, so, they can't run they can't hide <laughs> so i actually found him on fiverr um cool. him. yeah so i i kind of wrote like a little script over it like i said i wanted it to be very kind of rooted in that 80s camp style and um mm-hmm. I think this guy, I don't know if it was just like a mock-up that he'd done, but he had some work on Fiverr where he'd done like the Conjuring voiceover. Um, So I was like, oh, this guy'd be perfect. And we really wanted to, um, you know, I don't know if you've seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but obviously that opening uh, narration sort of was what we were going for there. So um, he just had a really He doesn't sound Australian. He sounds American. Yeah, definitely. Good observation. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I think like even though it's an Australian film, I think tonally it just kind of works. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like an eighties American slasher. Um, yeah, very that's what I got from it. There's an American voiceover an Australian film. I don't know. That's like yeah. that's my critique. That's and that's not even a critique. That's just an observation. Like, yeah, no, that's like, fair. I think if I put an Australian over there, you know, Americans might not be able to understand him. So, <laughs> not yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna make a joke that I need an interpreter because I don't speak Australian, but, but I said it now, but I wanted to say it earlier. Okay, um, how many times do you catch yourself? Because when you write you're writing a film, right? You're writing the whole the whole story from beginning to end. How many times do you go back and like take stuff out and rewrite lines? Is that pretty like like or the, the maybe the well, whole character changed almost halfway through? Like, is that happening? You have to rewrite the whole lines of the character. Um, I, I read my dialogue back to myself a lot when I'm writing. So I try Mm. and um, make it as organic as possible. Um, I do go through and like, if I add something to the story later on that ties with that part earlier on, then I might go back and sort of revisit and make it fit a little bit more. Um, you know, there's a, a line in trespasses where spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, the, um, the brother doesn't make it, but at the start he has a line about how, um, you know, he hates long waits and he's happy to die first. And and then later on we revisit that sort of aspect. So we certainly go back and try and kind of tie out loose ends and, you know, bits and just make a fit more tonally. Um, a lot changes on this on site as well. Like we have actors that come in and, and, you know, it's not falling out of their mouths the way that they think it could. So they might tweak it a little bit. Um, mm. We're certainly open to that. You know, at the end of the day, we want it to feel, even if it's a extraordinary film, we still want the the performances to feel very kind of grounded in that world. So if they're stumbling over their dialogue, it needs to, you know, be changed probably at the end of the day. <laughs> so you, you give the actors a little bit of free will as far as their lines go. And um, I guess maybe did they ever ad lib sometimes and it, it, it works out perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, in Trespassers, again, we um, we ended up using uh, his name's Andy Spahn, and he plays the bad guy Jack. Um, one of his lines was totally outlived, which was the "You should have stayed at home," and then he drops like a, a, a trap door on her, basically, and that made it into the trailer. And then we ended up using it as the tagline in the film. So. <laughs> If it, if it gels and it works, you know, we're certainly not going to cut it out. You know, I'm not that precious with my own writing that I can't take good suggestions. So. <laughs> 
how do you find your actors? Not only not only how do you find them, but I would I would assume that you're working on a a minimum a minimal budget, so to speak, right? Uh, yeah. You have to pay these actors also. Do you pay them up front? Do you pay them afterwards? And how do you find them to do this for you? I'm actually very fortunate in that uh, my actors come on board uh, more for the experience and just the okay. the, the end product. Um, so I find actors that uh, are very good at what they do but haven't necessarily had that chance to to put what they have on screen. Um, so for them, it's a really good opportunity to take that to a casting agent or or yeah. whoever and, and, you know, get some work later on um, is what I try and offer. Um, the mind of it, an entrepreneur right there, it, man. The, it sounds why, very I'm going to do it for free, but, but, but in exchange, they get the experience. I mean, so it really <laughs> does work out, but I mean, that's, that's, that's totally the first time people to do shit for me for free all the time. Well, I don't pay Ava, so there you go. I mean, it is a <laughs> Experience or exposure is like a poison word in the film exper- uh, film industry. But I, I think at the end of the day, the, the idea is that if we ever do get budget for these films, then I would use these actors in a heartbeat. Sure. You know, yeah. we're all sort of trying to climb that ladder together and trying to get where we want to be in our careers. And if we can help each other out along the way, then hopefully it's going to be mutually beneficial for everybody. So, <laughs> do, you, do you ever sit there behind the camera and go, cut, cut, you fucked up, man. You fucked up. You're out of here. You, ever no, no, you you got no money, man. If you if you start, <laughs> you know, be having like David Fincher and you're not paying people, you know, they'll walk on you. <laughs> so, um, you know, you have to be very kind of careful. With words <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I guess you know, not paying them like, be nice. around the scene, I'm like, hey, man, that was so good, but you know, you can maybe do it like a little bit better. Listen, <laughs> like, um, yeah. piece of shit, do a better job. <laughs> Which part uh, of the whole process would you say is the most fun for you? Um, it varies. I mean, um, they're fun in different ways. Um, I really like I like writing because I don't I'm not spending money while I write you know I can just lock myself in a room and and I'm creating which is at the end of the day what I want to do I want to tell stories um when it gets to the directing stage it takes a whole new level and that's probably the part that I prefer um because it becomes more tangible I suppose I'm watching my story play out in front of my eyes um and you know seeing the actors come in and and put their spin on their dialogue which obviously takes it to a whole new dimension as well um, and then the editing part I really like because you really kind of just, um, you know, you're sanding it down and making it like uh, way more refined. Once that music comes in and the sound design, you really watch your scenes pop and that's really exciting to me as well. So that's just, cool. you know, the I like them all. Directing is probably what I'm leaning towards, I suppose, in terms of my favourite part. Um, but, you know, I, I really enjoy writing and editing as well. So, How, how long does it take to, like, from from writing to filming to editing it and putting out a final product, like mm-hmm. I guess the you know I guess the time frames would probably be different depending on how long the film is, right? But on average, you have like a, a specific time frame that you kind of try to follow. Um, I would obviously it's really hard with COVID at the moment. So COVID affected Kings and Cleanup Crew um, in both the same way. Just uh, the big part once it's finished, I, I like my edit pretty quickly after we do it. So like I might finish the edit or at least have a rough cut sort of a month or two after we shoot it. But then from there, getting the actors back in the studio to do the ADR or um, and then they start the sound design process and the music, you know, that can sort of um, take months to finish. It sort of really depends on 
the project generally like if i get it done inside of a year um because you know i'm not paying people a lot they're doing it in their free time as well so it's right so i have no precedence for them um so inside of a year is probably a good eta for me good deal man and are you are you ever in and by, by the way you're only what 27 29 something like that uh 29 yeah <laughs> that, that is so cool to be doing this you know at, at under 30 and, and knocking stuff out like this man are you ever in your own films like do you ever have a line for yourself or no uh no i did one in um i did a little bit of acting in film school just to i tried to do everything in film school man because i didn't want to get behind a camera try and tell somebody to do something that wasn't possible so at least now i sort of know how hard it is in every sort of area whether i'm good at it or not um so i did dabble in in just trying to do a little bit of acting uh back in film school but i was very bad at it and it's it's never seen the light of day so. <laughs> no. when i was screaming into the mic earlier i was really auditioning um for your next movie oh we'll find something. <laughs> just kidding, you never want to get hired ever ever <laughs> don't hire me don't hire me you know what i won't i'll do it for free <laughs> you gotta fly uh, to Australia. That's what that's all it is, you know. Yeah, right. Well, why me to Australia? I'm in it, man. <laughs> you said you're moving in the next five years. We uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I, I would, I would love, love to move to Australia. Um, I think it'd be Australia so doesn't cool. Want you. What? <laughs> said Australia doesn't want you. Well, yes, they do. <laughs> everywhere wants me. Everywhere <laughs> wants me to be in there. So, man, dude, so when when is the cleanup crew officially? Do you have a set date for that to come out? Uh, not yet. I'm really hoping it's probably around April. Um, okay. Oh, so, so it's a couple months pushing, away. Yeah. What we're pushing for is we want to do just a, a screening for the cast and crew, um, and then we'll, we'll probably go public with it after that. It's a bit of a different climate at the moment. Again, I keep mentioning COVID, but it really has kind of just – made everything so different um like trespassers was finished a year before it was released because it, it took its time to go through all the film festivals which uh, most film festivals want like premiere status they want to be the first one to screen it and if it's online beforehand you'll get disqualified with kinks because they kind of shut down all the festivals and nobody was going to them we were like oh well look we we had a lot of success online with trespassers let's just try and piggyback that you know let's put it online and then we'll submit to a handful of festivals and if they want us sure they can have it if not you know at least we've still got an audience and um i think it's a bit weird at the moment because things are starting to open back up but it's not quite there yet so um we'll probably go down a similar avenue for the cleanup crew as what we did with kinks um and just sort of hope that we have enough sort of built-in audience to to make it grow so so i mean you have the trailer for the cleanup crew which you know that's what we played earlier right i mean but looking at the trailer you i would just assume that most of the movie's pretty much done i mean because how you make a trailer, right? You just pick parts of the movie you want to put into a, tra a trailer and make it. Is that not the case? Is it? I mean, is it not really all the way done yet? Um, it's all edited, um, and the music has been composed, um, which is great. It, it, he fully over-delivered. I expected some sort of campy uh, B-track, and he went really hard at it. He went really awesome. orchestral, so it sounds great. Um, from there, it's just sound design now. So we're, we've re-recorded the, the dialogue because they were wearing masks um, was the hardest bit. A lot of it was sort of inaudible, so we had to get the actors back in, re-record all uh, of that. Yeah, That's obviously going to be dropped in, um, and then they tweak everything up from the, you know, the sound of footprint to um 
clothing movement to you know everything sort of has to be recorded and put in and, and then mixed properly so it sounds good so it's de- definitely a long-winded process and that's where we're up to at the moment is just getting it to sound really really crisp because i think with a horror film in particular i think like a, a good horror film is like 90 percent sound so if you if you miss yeah. the boat on that you're um you know you're doing something wrong you know and yeah. some of the questions that i'm asking people are probably like dude you're an idiot you should know this but you know i, I know nothing about making a movie writing directing like I have like literally zero background in any of that, you know? Uh, so how, how big is your team from editing sound engineers to actors and, you know, like how, how many people are involved? Like with yeah. the cleanup crew. Um, so the cleanup crew, we, I try and shoot minimal. Again, we don't have a lot of budget that we're throwing around. So we, we wear a lot of hats on set and we try and get it done with as few people as possible. We always have, Myself as like writer, director, editor, producer. Um, I always bring in a, it's called a cinematographer, a DP. Uh, basically, they make it look pretty. So they're the ones that are going to shoot the film, light the film, um, you know, make it look good. Um, we bring in a supporting person for them. Um, in this case, we had a gaffer and a grip um, just to handle sort of the camera movement and the lighting um, and the atmospherics of it. Um and then we have like a sound team. So we have a guy that actually records it and then two people that sort of mix and, and master and do things on their end. Um, and then a composer. So we sort of get it done with, I don't know, maybe a dozen people in total. Um, wow, man. That's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely a bit of a headache at times and, you know, it certainly doesn't come without its challenges, but um, you know, the idea is that we, we just want to put out good content with, um, you know, the resources that we have. So. Yeah. Dude, I, th- I think, I think it's, Dude, I think it's awesome, and you know your films look well made. Ava, you got any uh, last questions before I give him the floor for any last uh, things he wants to say? Um, not necessarily a question. I just, uh, I just love how passionate you are about it. It's, it's really awesome. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Not, not many people <laughs> have on the show. Like weirdly enough, are like super passionate, and every yeah. now and then we do get someone that is. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, well, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity to uh, run my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all we ever do, anyways. <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> that's, all, that's all. I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do, do you want to? Do you have a website? Is there any last things you want to say? Um, that you yeah, like I mean, if, you, if people are listening and they want to jump onto our YouTube channel, it's just Duck Bomb Productions. Um, you can find Trespassers and Kinks there, and um, the cleanup crew will be dropping sort of over the coming months as well. So certainly worth checking that out. And um, then, like I said, we're moving into uh, – we're actually doing a couple of music videos with um, Total Buzzkill, who you interviewed um, sort of the other week. So that will nice. be coming out shortly. Uh, and then we're moving into our first feature film, which is, again, Trespassers, but on a bigger scale. So – if anybody wants to follow that, um, definitely jump onto the YouTube channel and and um, you know do all the all the stuff that the the influencers want you to do the thumbs up and the share and whatnot and it all helps and it goes a long way. So <laughs> me, I, I know that my wife and myself, I will speak for us. We will watch every single movie that you put out there. We will but, watch it guaranteed. I promise you that, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. That's great. <laughs> Look, man, hey, that's all the time we got for the show, but I do want to thank everyone that listens to The Loud Spot. Jaden, thank you so much for coming on, sharing Thanks, your, your story <laughs> with us, man. I found it very interesting and entertaining, so good job with that. Ava, thank you for coming on tonight, and it's always fun having you on, on the show when you're here to give me shit. I really do like it, and you know that. <laughs> hey, and follow us on YouTube, Apple, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast. You know, we're audio, video, and I guess that's all we got. Hey, 
uh, Jaden, stay right there till after the outro song, please. Peace out, yep. rock on, and much Thanks, love. Us. This is the loud spot outro by nothing short of tragic. Is this all talk with no action? No. Is this my thoughts with distraction? No. Is this what I bought that's in fashion? Or is this the loud spot with Sebastian? Yes. Does nothing short of tragic have his back again? Yes. Does everything that's good really have to end? Yes. A pin post has a pin show, so to get more episodes, make an order, this is over. Thanks for watching our video. Don't forget to click the like and share button. Don't forget to go to our YouTube and subscribe. If you want to listen to our audio and pick up some cool merch, go to www.theloudspot.net. Peace out, rock on, much love. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.